everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with Mr. Will McElroy. What's up, Emma? Will, you're back. I'm back. Why? Tell the people why you're back. Yeah, so today is August 24th, which you're, if, if you're a parent, your kids are probably in school right now. And yep. then for us, I'm a local youth pastor. I'm the Shoreline Men's Coordinator, yeah, which are. is our high school ministry. And for us, the start of the school year is also the start of small groups. And so August 31st will be, for many groups, the first small group. And so... Uh, I'm I'm back because if if you're a parent or if you're a student listening to this, I'd love uh, to invite you to come join a small group and come check it out. I think the easiest way to go yeah. do that would How be to go to yeah, go to watermark.org/students and uh, whether you're in middle school or high school, you can click around and find out a a form to just kind of fill out your information and someone on the student team will be reaching out to you and get you connected. Sweet, easy enough. And easy. starting Wednesday of next week. Small groups kick off. Yes. And starting Wednesday of next week, we'll have a student on the podcast. Come Hopefully on. Hopefully every Wednesday, most Wednesdays. Uh, and we're pumped. But that's next week. Today, we are in Luke 3. We are. We're, okay. we're in Luke 3. Good. I'm glad I've got the chapter right. Yeah. Uh, in today's Devo, our friend, well, I don't actually know her, but neighbor of one of our Join the Journey teammates, Lauren, wrote, wrote the Devo. And her key verses, interestingly— were the first three of the chapter. It was cool what she did. If you haven't read her Devo, I'd encourage you to check it out at jointhejourney.com. But she said something pretty sweet. She said, there are seasons of silence when we don't hear from God, feel his presence, or see the fruit of his spirit. In those seasons, it's important to remember that God is working behind the scenes to bring his people back to him. And so here's what I love. And I, I love that, Lauren. I think when I when we saw that those were her key verses, I was kind of taking it back. Yeah, like, really. I, I probably wouldn't have initially picked those, but then I thought about it and I, and I loved that she picked it. And here's what I love about this. This is the type of phrasing, or when I read this, this is something that I skip over, that I just glance over. And I just say, oh, this is just needless information. List that, of names. Yeah, like I don't need it. But here's what uh, is happening here, Emma, is this would be the equivalent of me saying, uh, hey, in the year 2022, when Joe Biden was president, Greg Abbott was governor, and Emma worked at Watermark. Here is what was happening, right? Mm -hmm. And so the author here is he is trying to just clearly say, like, Jesus was real. We can go back to the time. like In you, history. In history. You remember this. Like, this is who was alive. This is was who was an official at the time. Like, this is what was happening. And more than that, uh, he kind of wraps it up at the end of verse 2 and says, The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And so uh, I, I think the reason Lord probably picked this verse as a key verse is just to say that the word of God came to John. And it has been 400 years of silence. God has not uh, spoken like uh, in that more public way. Yeah. And so, but here he is and he's saying, hey, I'm back. And uh, here is when uh, my word is like coming back in this way. And so uh, if, if you know, if you're familiar with, with John, you know that uh, his ministry was just to prepare the way for Jesus. Uh, that's when he was born, uh, his parents knew that that would be his ministry. So John grew up knowing, knowing that uh, his whole purpose uh, was to make God greater, to make Jesus greater, and to make himself lesser. And so mm -hmm. that's what John is doing right here. He is uh, just preparing the way the, the rest of the chapter, it, it calls back to uh, Isaiah and the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his 
path straight. Uh, and then it even says, every valley shall be filled and every mountain uh, and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight. The rough places will become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Uh, Luke is the only book that goes into that much detail about describing that, uh, about calling back to Isaiah and that prophecy. And I think uh, what, what Luke is doing here, he's setting up uh, what what John is about to say to the crowds. Um, and that, that's going to be this. It's going to be that, hey, anyone, anyone can experience God's mercy. Hmm. Anyone can experience the hope of salvation. Like the pathway to Christ, the pathway to salvation is going to be made straight. The valleys will be filled. The, uh, the mountains and hills will be made low. Like you don't have to be a Jew. You or don't said have to be like, a You don't Jew. have to grow, have grown up in this specific religious practice or heritage. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly right. And he even calls the, these crowds, which are filled with Jewish people, and he's saying, you, you brood of vipers, right? That's just a bold way to start yeah, to address what? anyone. And like John was a weird guy. And so it makes sense that like he, he started out in just this bold way, but he calls oh, yeah. them just a, a brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Uh, and then uh, so, so John, he starts out that way, which I think there's a few uh, interesting notes here is uh, one, when, when John was faced with the crowd, he didn't try to tickle the ears or try to make people like him. He instead just called them a brood of vipers, which these were people that were familiar with Genesis 3. Like when they heard a viper or when they were called it a viper, they were they were related offended. to that offended because they're like man you're calling us like we're people of the devil right like we're snakes we're slanders we're liars we're deceitful that's what you're calling us uh, and then another note that uh john makes is he he calls them that like hey there's wrath to come he's gonna be saying there's wrath coming and uh john's about to explain just some beauties from from the gospel and about christ and i, I think that a note that we can learn here is is this uh you cannot share the gospel unless you also warn of the wrath to come. Hmm. And so, okay, but what does that look like? That can be, people can think you're just saying, like, turn to Christ because you're going to go to hell. Yeah. How do you do that practically? How do you do that practically? Well, I, I think that, uh, I, I think practically you can look at what, what John is going to do here. He doesn't just uh, warn them and, and scare them and fear monger them. But instead, you just, you have to be truthful and just faithful to what, what John is saying. And he's saying, uh, hey, you're you're aware of this, right? He says, I, really, he doesn't even need to tell him because the way he phrases it, it says, he says, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And so what he is saying, he's like, hey, you already know this is true. Like, I don't need to tell you this. Uh, and I think most people we interact with, they uh, they already know. They already know the mistakes they've made. We don't need mm -hmm. to guilt They're aware them. of brokenness. They're aware of it. And so I think what you're getting at, Emma, is uh, that we we don't need to cause fear-mongering, right? As, and you don't need to uh, pull these tricks and say, like, hey— uh, believe in Christ so you can avoid hell. Like that is the wrong way to go about it. And that's not what John's doing. What he's doing is saying, you already know this. In fact, he's kind of shocked and amazed. He's like, uh, you you know this because God has revealed it to you, I think is what he's getting at. Because I didn't tell you. No one really explicitly told you. Uh, God must have revealed it to you is what I think he's implying here with that question of mm -hmm. uh, who warned you of the wrath to come. Then he goes on to, to just say from there in verse 8, we, we see that he says, and do not begin to say to yourselves, this is kind of maybe my last note from this little paragraph, is do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. And what I love about this, and this goes back to that, prophecy in Isaiah of just 
John making the way and just level. And making level it level uh, and, and showing how it's going to be made level through Christ as he's saying, look, you guys, y'all, y'all think you're better because of your ancestry, because of what you were born into, uh, but you're not. And, and here's why you're not. And it's not because God is not going to be faithful to his promises. God promised to be faithful to the, the sons of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And he's saying there will always be sons of Abraham. God will be faithful to them. But here's the thing. God doesn't need you to be faithful. He doesn't need you to fulfill his promises. Why? Because he could turn these very rocks into ancestors of Abraham if he needed to in order to fulfill his His, promises. And so John is saying, hey, uh, even now the axe is laid down at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And again, he's not fear-mongering here, but he's just saying the reality of it is that say, hey, you have relied on your ancestry, where you've come from, your... and he's saying that that's meaningless. That's meaningless for before God. Um, and I love that. Can we camp out here for a yeah, second? Come on. We might just only talk about this part. But uh, I would guess in I as you were talking, I was hearing I was almost reminded of like this uh, faith complacency or maybe it's better said a religious complacency where I think, oh, because I grew up in church or because my parents are believers or because I regularly attend on Sundays. I'm good. I'm good to go. But those things alone in isolation don't necessarily mean that I'm saved. We're saved by faith alone. Not because you're Abraham's great, great, great grandkid. That's by belief, Genesis 15, 6. I would imagine you work in student ministry that you probably, I'm guessing, come into contact with students who come from religious heritage, heritages or Christian parents. What does it look like to to counsel that today. Hey, it doesn't matter what your parents do. Ultimately, you have to make this decision for yourself. Yeah, I, I love that, Emma. And I think you're right. And it's definitely not just a, a student's issue of saying like, yeah, hey, you have anyone. to make this. It's, yeah. it's anyone. It's but a in your children's, context. Yeah. And in, in my context, I think when I'm talking with students, uh, especially as they get to upperclassmen and get older than mm-hmm. these verses, these warnings that John is saying, they do become a reality that uh, students can really understand. They they know their brokenness. Uh, they know their sin and they know the weight of it. And uh, they kind of know the answer to that question that John asked of like, who told you of the wrath to come, right? And it's like, they know that. They've that, made mistakes. They, they know that. And and then, but then yet, like you did say, they, they there still is often this complacency of just like, oh, well, I know the right answers. I grew up in church or I do mm-hmm. this, I do that. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm good, right? And I think where I go to and just, what we're really talking about is is apathy and just uh, wanting to warn people against apathy is is Hebrews five, um, which that's where verse twelve of Hebrews five that that's where the author talks about like he says for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again he's like you've been at this for years yeah. you should be teaching but uh, but that's not the case you you need to be taught still and he said the basic principles of the oracles of God you need milk not solid. food food, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when I hear that verse, and and maybe this is what 
John is trying to get at is I remember I watched a sermon one time where a pastor the whole time, instead of drinking from a water bottle when he was thirsty, he had a, a baby bottle. No way. With milk, right? And uh, it was, maybe it was ridiculous or something, but it still sticks in my mind of how he just kept sipping from this baby bottle. And he was like, isn't this ridiculous? Like uh, how I'm I'm drinking milk. Like I'm a grown man. I, yeah. I should not be drinking milk. And But what his whole message was just like, it's ridiculous because... I am capable of more than this. And so in the context of students or even adults, or in this case, when John is talking to the tax collectors and the soldiers and just normal people, he's saying, hey, uh, let me be very clear with you. You are called to more than what you are. You can excel still more in your life. And then uh, that's what we see in the rest of the chapters as the tax collectors and the soldiers and everyone is, they say, what should we do? What should we do? And he says, you should do this. You should do this. Let me be as clear as I can with you. Um, and so I hope did that answer your question. Yeah, no, that was super good. I, I think that was really helpful. Any final points of application you'd leave us with from that portion or, or the rest of the chapter? Yeah, I think final points of application and just following up from what he said there would be in verses 10 to 14, where uh, the crowds ask him, what should we do? The tax collectors ask him, what, what should we do? And then John gives a specific answer to each to each people group, to each profession. And so I think a point of application would be if John were to be before you right now, and if yeah. you were to ask him, what what should I do? What should Will do? Or mm-hmm. what should Emma do? What what would John say? Because you know John would, he'd give it to you he'd clearly. Shoot you straight. He'd shoot you straight. And yeah. uh, so be honest with yourself. Don't give some, you know, wishy-washy answer of, oh, he'd tell me to pray more or be just more faithful. But be honest with yourself because John gave specific application here to to all the people that asked him. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to sit with that question today. I think that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing, for jumping in. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.